a tune called Preservationist from Ways in Waves, which is an outfit, um, basically a one-man outfit. And that one man is Brian Rains, and he joins us on the phone this morning. Good morning, Brian. Good morning. Thank you so much for joining us here on CJSR, and it's a, a delight to have you with us. Um, so tell us about Ways in Waves. How did it come about? Um, yeah. Sure, yeah. Um, well, it started uh, while I was uh, at McEwen taking uh, my degree in guitar performance. Okay. Uh, myself and my friend Shaquille Headley, who's a drummer, uh, we started by me playing on an eight-string guitar, him playing drums, and then playing along to a computer. And it was fairly complicated instrumental music where the point of it was sort of to see how far I could push the technical side of things. And then... Uh, after various iterations, adding a singer, adding someone who controlled the computer, I uh, sort of scrapped the band, sort of put it on pause to figure out what it needed to be because it wasn't really satisfying me creatively. Hmm. So I figured out that I needed to sing and then I needed things that were taking pop song formats and twisting them, but at least having some semblance of something familiar for audiences to grasp onto. So, like, what... if? The original sound wasn't quite what you wanted or what you imagined. What, what, are, what is your goal when you make music? What are you hoping to achieve? Uh, I think I'm, I'm hoping to achieve uh, what music has done for me in my life. Uh, it's, it's given me uh, you know, a, a place to go in my head to, uh, to act as a catharsis or to... Uh, to escape to or, you know, essentially be this, this safe place that you can go to that uh, allows you to explore certain ideas or go to another world for a moment and then come back to your own life. And so I, I hope that at the very least I can provide uh, an experience for listeners to take them along this journey uh, of the album being based off of going through the motions of getting through a bad day. That's essentially what the, the tracks are laid out to represent with the last track being the dream you had at the end of the day. And uh, I think a lot of the lyrical content talks about uh, negative things, but the reason that I wanted to make songs about that was to get past them. And it was, it was a very health, healthy and healing process for me. So I hope that if, if people can grasp onto that, if people are feeling lonely or depersonalized or anything, that they can hear this and feel like, oh, I'm, I'm not alone, and uh, I can make something out of this. And, yeah. Now, the, the whole process of Bloodless Archers, this new release, which is coming out on Bent River Records, and you've got the release show on Saturday, this whole process took three and a half years. When you say three and a half years, does that include the time when you were working with um, the drummer? And No, that uh, I, I consider the three and a half years uh, once I put the project on pause to sort of re- evaluate what I wanted it to be. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, so from that point, I was uh, teaching at the University of Ottawa and uh, and also taking a master's degree there. And uh, I, I quickly realized that I, I wasn't in the headspace to continue education at that point in my life. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but a lot of the ideas for this album started while I was living in Ottawa. And then I moved back to Edmonton the year uh, following, and uh, that's when a lot of the ideas uh, sort of began to be more fleshed out. 
I, I, I'm kind of fascinated with your meticulousness over this project because, I mean, that, that time duration to spend on it, and it was, you kind of describe it as um, a project that you mainly worked on yourself, self-produced, you were kind of working on it in, at home, adding different voices, adding different vocals. And then along with that, you've created a stop-motion music video, which isn't the fastest type of music video to make, and that must have taken you hours and hours and hours. And then you've also got a live-action music video, but the way that's been directed for, for the tune we just heard for Preservationist, um, again, it's really the story arc in there is immense. Like it's, um, you've, you've gone through every single detail, and um, uh, the, you, it, it feels like... Um, I guess when you approached it, did you did you just want the perfect project at the end? Are you a perfectionist, and so you didn't you didn't care how long it took, or did you have a um, did you have a kind of goal of these, these are the things I want to I, I really want to just do this crazy project, uh, not crazy project, but like this Im- immersive, immense project, and I, I don't yeah I don't care how long it takes me. Is that kind of how yeah? You I, I think it's a combination of a couple of things. I mean, I, I, I'm definitely a perfectionist. Uh, <laughs> especially when it comes to my own stuff. Uh, I think the fact that uh, I knew that I wanted to be delivering the vocals myself, but uh, three and a half years ago, I wasn't good enough at singing to actually do that. Mm. Uh, so it took, uh, you know, sometimes on some of these tunes, there's, you know, 50 or so takes uh, that have been combined together, whereas now it would maybe take me three takes or something. But it was really like learning that as an instrument the hard way of recording myself, hating it, trying to push past that doubt, and uh, just I just kept on doing it and doing it. Um, and then uh, I, I think aside from that, uh, I also felt that um, I am a fairly lucky person to have had the opportunity to pursue an education in music, the access to certain tools that I've accumulated through working uh, as a music producer in Edmonton and in Ottawa. And I felt that I wanted, the first thing that I do, uh, it should should be reflective of uh, the access to the tools that I have. So what I mean by that is, you know, if I just had access to a guitar and an amp, I would make music just with the guitar and the amp. But because I have access to so many of these other tools, I felt, well, like, I have these. A lot of other people aren't fortunate enough to have these. I, I, I owe it to people who can't do this to use them <laughs> and to use them to their to their fullest potential. Um, yeah. Now, um, a lot of the songs, or uh, you've written that some of the songs have been inspired by a recurring dream you had around a bird. Can you tell us about that dream and, and how that then filtered into the, the inspiration behind some of the songs? Sure, yeah. So the, the dream I had about the bird uh, was it, it was a, a dead pigeon on a sidewalk and the In the sort real of focus, life or in the dream? Sorry. No, just in the dream. Okay. Um, and uh, it uh, the camera sort of of the dream stayed focused on the bird as people were walking past it um and and that was it it was really just a a drawn out like a long shot of that uh very artsy but what i wanted to do was i i don't know i would wake up from that dream feeling like very sad for this animal and i wanted to give it a life give it a story 
so what I would do is uh, the lyrics to the last song of the album ended up being uh, a story that I had, I had written for that bird uh, to try and give it a life, to give it something where it's not just dead. It has, you know, it had things to live for. Uh, it was experiencing confusion after its uh, its home was destroyed by a forest fire, et cetera, et cetera. But it, it allowed me to uh, to not just focus on something that was sad, but try and focus on uh, the life that this thing had. Um, and that sort of became, uh, yeah, it, it informed the other lyrics uh, in such a way that uh, when you're going through a day, you know, your experiences throughout the day are going to inform the dreams that you have that night. And it was kind of a reverse engineering where I would uh, plant certain ideas from Wing to Caller into the other tunes lyrically uh, to have them thematically lead toward one another. Um, I think a, a, a big theme of that was, uh, l I think, losing your identity in some way and questioning whether or not that's a good thing. Um, so toward the end of the album, uh, things have, you know, the camera has zoomed out from uh, the first-person perspective. There's a song in there more toward the middle point that's third-person perspective, and then after that it's really talking about uh, the person singing as if they're detached from their own body. And... Uh, and I sort of asked the question, because this is the depersonalization was something I've experienced quite a bit at, at the time. And um, I was sort of asking, well, does that make me better suited to help, to help others if I'm less concerned with the material and less concerned with myself? Or do I need that to have compassion toward other people? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so long-winded answer, but that's essentially... Uh, what the dream about the bird started for me. Yeah, that's brilliant. Um, you made a large wireframe bird sculpture as well to help with the uh, the artist, the painter Lisa Jones. <laughs> uh, like you, you've just, you've just seemed to have like really um, taken apart, I guess, those stories and and taken apart life and how we see our role in it and 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 take like just said like taking advantage of those opportunities that you're given and making mm -hmm. sure that you use them completely. And I guess the music totally reflects all of those things that you've you've um, unpacked um now the, the cd release show uh, is coming out on ben river records uh, is on saturday evening at the artery uh, sorry at the avery um 8 p.m and you're playing with cv as uh, or civi i'm not sure how you yes. pronounce her name yeah cv yeah cv He's um, awesome. <laughs> cool how are you gonna how are you gonna put this into a live show because i normally or, or at least on on the, on the recording it's it's you you and layers of you with other bits here and there mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think the the answer to that would be with difficulty, but uh, <laughs> with the help of some very uh, dedicated and hardworking musicians that I'm lucky enough to be working with. Uh, so, uh, in, in short, we'll be playing along to to backing tracks, mm. uh, which I hope in the future will be uh, sort of a, a less prominent element of the performance. Um, but uh, for now, I only have uh, so much money to pay the band, so I'm. I couldn't hire another keyboardist, but uh, a lot of the, uh, you know, the impossible to replicate live layers are going to be there. Um, so I don't have to auto tune, auto tune the Chihuahua like live on stage. <laughs> um, but uh, I've got myself on vocals and guitar. 
uh, Jeff Lee on guitar, Eric Wildman, uh, Carter and the Capitals guitarist on guitar, uh, my friend Connor Pilipa on bass, and Ryan Pliska, who played drums on the CD. He's also playing drums live. Um, and uh, yeah, we're playing, uh, we're using like an in-ear click system to be synced up with the backing tracks. And uh, that's essentially how we're doing it. Cool. Well, I wish you all the best with that CD release show on uh, this Saturday at the Avery. Uh, tickets are available on their website, and you can, uh, I think Yeg Live has got them, doesn't it? Um, yes. So, uh, yeah, and there's a Facebook events page as well. If you do a search for Ways in, in Waves, then you will find that event um, detail. But uh, thank you very much, Brian, for chatting us to this chatting to us this morning i really appreciate getting a bit more of, of course. Uh, understanding behind the project so ways in waves um cd's called bloodless arches it's like on bent river records is it just cd and digital or are you doing an lp as well uh i've got it uh in physical copies and then it'll be available on all streaming services uh on the 15th cool very good brian thank you very much for taking the time this morning Thank you. We're going to leave with, oh, sorry, we're going to uh, wrap up with Hurting Other People. Actually, Brian, whilst you're still there, um, do you want to tell us a little bit about this song, Hurting Other People? It's right in the middle of the album, essentially. Yeah, so this one was uh, lyrically based off of an existential crisis I had at a sport check <laughs> where <laughs> I, uh, I was trying to buy shoes that were made ethically, and I came to the realization that uh, or at least the, the feeling that no matter what decision I made, whether I bought the shoes, this brand, that brand, or didn't buy any at all, that I would be hurting someone uh, somewhere far away from me. So then I extrapolated that feeling and applied it to uh, my professional life, my personal life, uh, and it became this song about the feeling of being trapped, about feeling that no matter what you do, you're going to be making the wrong decision. Um, and then... I took that feeling and made it into a physical space for the music video. So the the space of the music video is a place where no matter what direction you go in, you're you're walking in the wrong direction, um, and you're stuck in this purgatory type space. And then after that, I added backing vocals based off of the music video uh, and added those into the track as well that describe the physical the story that's going on there. So. Uh, yeah, I think it's about feeling trapped, not wanting to not wanting to hurt people, but that eventually being the outcome of your actions. Brian Rain from Ways in Waves playing at the Avery this weekend, talking about hurting other people, and we're here right now. Thank you again, Brian. Thank you.